Welcome to a special episode of the Central Pennsylvania Music Podcast, featuring August Burns Red. What's going on, everyone? This is the Central Pennsylvania Music Podcast. We are here at Rock Lidditz with August Burns Red for their CD release show. Uh, really excited to have you guys here. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for Thank having us. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's, I'm just, I got to say, it's its pretty incredible just to be able to sit next to people like you that you guys have been, I've been listening to you guys for as long as I can remember, and now you guys are here celebrating 20 years as a band, your 10th studio release album. Like, how does that feel? It feels good. <laughs> it makes us feel old, but we're still pretty lively, I think. Yeah. 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 I, I, I can believe that. I mean, and with that, I mean, so, I mean, at the very beginning, normally I don't use flashcards, I'll just be honest, but... These are important questions. I don't want to mess them up for you guys. But uh, so you guys went from forming and practicing in an old egg house to a multiple times over international touring act with just under 2,000 live shows underneath your guys' belts. What kind of advice would you have for aspiring musicians to build themselves into an international act, especially in this vastly different digital age compared to when you guys started? Boy, that's a really hard question because you make a good point. It's a very different time to start out as a band. And I don't know if we would have had the same success starting out today as we did 20 years ago when we were, I mean, social media didn't exist. Right. There was a MySpace, but d- do we count that? I-, I don't even know. Wasn't quite the same. No, it was not quite the same. the same. It was better. My yeah. opinion, MySpace was better. It was a great way to discover discover music because you just go to the band's page and boom, you could listen to music. That's exactly Whereas right. Whereas now you go to a Facebook page, you go to your Instagram page, and you're not you can't just like click play on a song. You, know? you guys used to actually tease songs on your guys's uh, MySpace back in the day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's right. I mean, it's just totally different. Like nowadays, it seems like in order for your band to catch attention or maybe some like ground, you know, it's just that you need to have like something that's like super different and eye catching. Like it almost like can't just be like this is a really great song and there needs to be something like very special, very specific that really puts you over the edge and gets attention because of how much like stuff a gimmick out almost there. yeah I mean which isn't cool yeah to, I mean in, the, in this I, I new age think. attention span is like a big thing it's like if you don't have something that grabs you within like ten seconds next like yeah. people just right. swipe I think uh, I just did an interview yesterday about this so it's it's fresh but I think it has to do with broadly speaking with caring about the little details. So I look back and I was laughing about this. We did a bake sale. We did, uh, we donated plasma to try to raise money. And we, we were serious about doing this. And I think that that same um, strategy applies regardless of uh, so you know, the whole social media change. Yeah. Maybe not the, <laughs> maybe stay away from the bake sale it was not profitable. <laughs> um, but we tried it and just, in general, if you can care about the little steps, all the little baby steps, here we are at 20 years. And we didn't really ever have a moment where it was like, wow, we just launched ourselves into the next level. It was just tiny little steps along the way. So my advice on a drummer level is when no one's watching, when no one's listening, work hard, do your best. Most people are not willing to put in the work and they're doing it for likes and follows and everything else. And if you're willing to do it because you love it, I think that at the very least, you'll you'll have fun doing it whether or not you'll have success i mean we are so fortunate to be in this position we are right now i've been saying a lot of our a lot of success is just based on luck you know so much of the music industry's success is based on the right people hearing you at the right time there's a million great musicians out there not all of them get to be in a successful band you know (laughs) that's there's a lot of timing and a lot of luck yeah 
That's a great. That's a great point. I mean, that's kind of how we got to where we are today, too. And uh, I mean, we're not even even close to the same playing field as you guys. But I mean, just yeah. to be here interviewing you is, is is amazing. So thank you, thank you for your time. Now, speaking of things changing over the years, I guess we should talk about something that's maybe kind of stayed the same over the years. And that's, I mean, this in the best way possible. August Burns Red has built this sound that has just stayed consistent over your whole career. But the nice thing about it is it stayed consistent the whole time, but has never once gotten repetitive. What's your secret to keeping that sound, that iconic sound that everybody's grown to know and love? And what do you do to keep it fresh? Well, fresh is, you know, someone's opinion. Subjective. Um, <laughs> sure, it's subjective. Um, we do our best to write music that we think is sick. And if we think it's sick, hopefully our fans do as well. And certainly at this point, we've carved out our, like, you know, our, our corner of the metal world. Like we sound like August Burns Red and... I think we're proud of what we've accomplished and we're not trying to, you know, we don't want to become a rock band or we don't want to become a something different. We, we like what we have created and we want to stay. I don't want to say stay in our box or stay in our lane, but we know what we're good at and we know what we like and we know what our band sounds like. And I think that that is something that continues to keep us writing as August Burns Red and not being like, hmm, what could we do to get a radio hit or something? You know yeah. what I mean? That's not yeah. really part of the goal, I don't think. I genuinely speaking from a fan standpoint, I can say that I think it's seriously impressive that ten albums later, you got like it doesn't matter what song, what album, if you put on a song within five seconds, you know and you guys play in different tunings too, but within five seconds, you know based on the playing style. Matt, your drums definitely help. You know immediately, oh, this is August Burns Red. You don't even need to hear Jake yet. You just know immediately, oh, this is ABR. Like, that's impressive. Like, I don't, I used to be a musician, nowhere near on this level, but like, I don't, I don't understand how you guys, so what you guys are doing is truly impressive. And as a fan, like, just keep doing it because I, I want more. Just don't stop anytime soon. Please, <laughs> we'll do our please. best. Thanks. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the other big thing that I think is a big elephant in the room when it comes to music is COVID. Um, so everyone knows the impact that COVID-19 had on the music industry. You guys were actually on tour when the pandemic climaxed. Um, so was there ever talks of, you know, this might be the end for you guys, or was there ever like plan B's for August Burns Red, like different directions you guys were like seriously debating, um, not only personally, but musically, how did you guys push through together? No, I don't think there was ever like, Hey, this is the end for us. You know, we got home. We were three days into a tour with Coastal Engage. Our mm -hmm. album Guardians was just about to come out, and you know, for us at that point, it was we were going to go on tour in September. You know, like when that first happened, we were still planning going on tour in September. Um, so it was like incrementally like that. It was like, okay, maybe we'll be able to tour in six months. Okay, maybe we'll be able to tour in six months. Okay, like bands had tons of tours lined up that just kept getting you know Canceled. washed away. Mm -hmm. So, but like for us, like we came home and. Like JB and Dustin were immediately working on music. So like that was just kind of where the head's at. And then we had some other things like we started talking to other managers and bands about like, what are you guys doing in this time? What are you doing? What are you doing? And everyone's like, we're going to do some live streams. And at first we're like, eh, we don't want to do that. And then we were just like, all right, I guess we're going to do that. So we, <laughs> we thought of some good ideas for it, um, for what we wanted to do. And, you know, we pushed forward that way. Um, 
you know, when you've built something at that point, we've been around for 18 years. It wasn't just going to be like, okay, we're just going to be done now. You just, yeah, it's yeah, like, okay, it was, yeah. it's over. Like, right. we had a good run, we're done. Right, right. So, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, with you and uh, Dustin, it almost sounds like it might have been like a, I don't want to say a breath of fresh air, but it might have been like, cool, like, it's, it's a timeout. You can actually focus solely on writing and creating. Yeah. But the <laughs> maybe not a breath of fresh air. No, maybe that's I the mean, wrong no, term. You're fine. That's no. It's fine. You said that. The reason I say like uh, is because maybe two three weeks into lockdown is when Guardians came out, or uh, second the most recent album. And we normally probably wouldn't have started on new material yet, given that our new record had just come out. But it was kind of a strike while the iron's hot you got the time you might as well be productive with it and i got you i honestly felt pretty uh inspired to write during that time i found it to be i mean it was a dark time and i was i, I wanted to write music he was yeah. moody yeah <laughs> i was so moody i saw in an air in an interview with jake he said that and JB wrote a lot of this album and that this album wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for the lockdown and the pandemic. Is that true? Is yeah, I think that's, that's definitely true. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's like, uh, the new album is a little bit different for ABR. It's, it's an ABR album, but it's the tone of it is a little, a little different. I like it so far. I've listened to the whole album already. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It, it came out today. It, 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 yeah. I've already listened <laughs> to it. Cool. I think two, two times over. Yeah, I, was, I was brushing my teeth to it. It was like, it was like midnight and it was like, Oh, new albums. I was like, cool. Play. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. Well, uh, so, I mean, with that, I mean, one of the other things that I, I got to ask is you guys being one of the most influential metal acts like to date right now, I'm sure that you know utilizing lyrics that surround faith, mental health, and social justice. I'm sure it's safe to say that you guys have had more than one convo with fans that credit your music to helping them through personal trials. What is that like, and how do you handle that? Um, it's the best part of my job is uh, knowing that you're meeting someone who you would have never met if you weren't doing this. And uh, the way that just hearing you talk about our band is very... It's amazing to hear that that someone likes what we're doing that much. Honestly, it means a lot. Um, not just because we're holding mics and everything in front of a camera, but it's it's very cool to know that we're doing something that matters that much to somebody else. Um, and and when you go somewhere else in the world, far away from home, like right now we're three miles from home, but when you're a lot further away, it means that much more because you think, how in the world did we get here to the point where people are sharing their story with you or their, their struggle or their challenge or something they overcame and they're thanking you <laughs> for something that you feel like you didn't really do anything for them. But um, that's the power of music. And I, I personally believe that this is all for a reason, uh, what we're doing today. And it's, it's bigger than just us on stage. Um, and I, I really like that about my job, that it, it's more impactful than just us playing a good show because that that's awesome and that means a lot to us but we get so much more than that as a band and that that has that just continues to pay dividends over the years more and more and more i'm sure it's a it's a really cool feeling to see that music transcends language when it comes to your guys's music because you guys can go to pretty much anywhere in the world and people are going to be knowing the lyrics to your songs and it's just like that's crazy like 
you guys have impacted people's lives on the other side of the world. It is. It is crazy. So if, if you're watching this or listening to it, or even you guys, thank you for supporting us. Right. We really mean that. It's, it's amazing. We're in our 10th full length. We're celebrating our 10th full length today. We have balloons over here. <laughs> we're going to have some people fill in the room and we're going to celebrate because it's, it's a huge milestone for us. That's great. That's awesome. Now, I did want to ask, uh, you know, August Burns Red, you guys are on the ballot to be inducted into the Hall of Fame of the Central Pennsylvania Music Hall of Fame. How does that make you guys feel knowing that you made such a large footprint in the music scene that you grew up in that you are now going to be forever encapsulated in that music hall of fame, hopefully one day? I mean, that's it's a really nice honor. It's certainly not something that we would have ever dreamed of achieving when we started out, you know, playing in Matt's parents' barn when we were kids. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know. It's really cool. And I guess it's it's pretty humbling. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy just to think about, I'm sure, for you even. And uh, I mean, just the fact that you started this, like you said, in Matt's parents' egg room and you just started out, you went, you, you wrote an album, you went on tour. And then next thing you knew, you went on another tour, put out another album. And now you're here 20 years later on your 10th studio album. What's next for you guys after this then? I mean, just keep going and going and going, right? That's the hope. Yeah. You know, I mean, for us we wanna go on tour. We're in the kind of in the kind of in the middle of our twentieth anniversary tour. Mm -hmm. We set that up so that it was two different sections so we could have a month long break in the middle so everyone could just take some time off because I'm sure that helps. Yeah. It's forty five it's forty five places that we wanted to play, forty five shows and so that's a lot and so we kind of a break in the middle. So we're gonna go finish that after this and then we have some more touring planned after that and then, you know, we'll just keep going. I mean the longevity of the band is based upon how long people will listen to us and tolerate us. <laughs> you know, I, I, like, I don't think that's stopping anytime. Yeah, I don't think it's stopping anytime. Soon either. I think I think the fans might outlast you guys. To be perfectly I mean, honest, that, I mean that could be. I mean, but you know, we don't. The thing with the band is you don't really get to determine when your band ends. And you know, it's up to fans, up to people listening. And you know, we love doing this, so we'll keep doing it as long as we're able. You know. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. All right, so this one specifically is for you, JB. Okay. Uh, JB, you recently released a list of your most influential metal albums. You, with August Burns Red, had the unique and rare opportunity to not only be influenced by these bands, but to be able to tour with some of them while still actively being influenced by them. Yeah. Please help someone like myself or your fans understand what that felt like as a young musician. Wow, yeah, that was really cool. I literally got to sit down next to some of my guitar heroes at the time. I would say even even now. And be like, how did you play that sweeping section and that solo, like that kind of stuff. And fortunately, uh, a lot of the, I'd say almost every band we've ever, ever been on the road with have been really kind and nice. And like these guitarists were like, cool, yeah, let's sit down. I would like to show that to you. And I, I don't know that it was a really cool feeling. To, it's like I went from like fan to like fan boy backstage being like the annoying little brother asking like, how do you do that? Yeah. And then eventually like becoming friends with some of these people. Yeah. So it was, it was a cool, you know, little process of how that went. Uh, of course. I mean, I mean, and now, I mean, on the 10th studio album, you guys actually have uh, Spencer from Under Oath and Matt, you said one of your favorite albums to listen from start to finish is uh, Between uh, the Gray. 
right? Define the gray line. Define the gray line. That's I right. like that name. <laughs> Between the gray. Maybe we'll call our eleventh album. We'll that. cut that out then. So I, no, I, that I really stays. Like that. The horn of you But yeah, I mean, how does that feel though? I mean, you guys have gone from the. You're like, yeah, that's an album I would listen to start to finish, and now you have them on your album. Yeah, I mean, JB said it well. It's it's hard to even put into words what it's like to go see that band play, pay a ticket price to go see them play, and then be on tour with them. And then even beyond that, they are on your record, on your album. You're on a Zoom call with them, and they're like, so tell me about the song that you wrote. How can I help make the song better? What What do you want me to do on the song? It's like, oh my gosh. I went from being a huge fan of you to getting to know you to now you are contributing to the success of my own band's album and future. It's that's, just that's, really, that's it's crazy. It's, it's hard to explain, but I, I guess the best you can say is it, it's life is wild yeah. and you just yeah. never know what is possible. I, I think that's the kind of the best answer we could have asked for that. I thought you said these were going to be less heavy questions. I'm sorry, I, I thought it was. I didn't know that was going to be between the gray. I was like, we're just really good at our jobs. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. We can take a not serious I, question and make it serious. Right. Yeah. I do have to ask: Is there a band that still that makes like the members make you guys nervous? Like you're like, man, I'm nervous to talk to that guy. Is there somebody out there that feel like that for you? Hmm. No, not in the, just like, not, not in the not metal world. Not in the metal world. No. I don't think I, for me personally. But I'm I'm thinking of my extremely embarrassing request to ask Alvin Kamara for a photo. Uh, oh, recently, as, as an as an athlete, like athletes, I'm like petrified by. But musicians, <laughs> I'm I'm I don't wow. feel especially in the metal world. I'm sure there's musicians that I would feel nervous around, but gotcha. they feel like peers at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would hope so after 20 years. And that's not even you guys being like cocky. It's like we, we, we've been doing this for 20 years. We've gone around the world like yeah. multiple times. It's nice to see you again, buddy. Like uh, we're, we're, yeah. play, we're playing again. We bumped elbows with most, most metal bands at this point, at least our contemporaries, I guess. That makes yeah. sense. I did have one question that's um, it's kind of like a heavier question. It's nothing like crazy, like controversial or anything, but wasn't sure if you wanted on the main one. Um, over the last 20 years, I mean, 20 years is a long time. I'm sure there's probably been a couple bumps in the road along the way where it's not been smooth sailing over calm seas the whole time. What would you say is probably one of the biggest things you've had to overcome, and how did you do that? Yeah. 2012. Yeah, I was about to say 2012. 2012? <laughs> 2012? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like 2012, July 7th, 8.45 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Give you the parameters and everything. Yeah. I mean, 2012, we went to we went on this like really brutal just like tour. And we were down in Australia and we just had a moment with the band where we were just like, what are we doing here? What is our purpose? And like, it took a while. We had to like hash it out. Um, that was probably our most like serious moment as a band. But, you know, we got past it and we were better off for having the conversations. But like, it was, you know, everyone has different ideas about how they want things to go and how, what they want things to be. And we just kind of got to a point where it's just like, it's not a bad thing if you want to do things this way and I want to do things this way. Like as long as we can come together and still make the band the band, then that's great. That's great. And so, so like, we just needed to have like almost that like define the relationship moment, you know? Learn to compromise. Yeah. Like and <laughs> yeah, and but yeah, we just we were just in the middle of a really like rough and grueling tour, and then it was just like so we just that just kind of exacerbated things. But yeah. We talked about that a little bit. We did like a podcast with uh the guys from Emory, um, they do like oh old gosh. tooth and nail podcast, like old tooth and nail band podcasts, and we did that with them. We talked about that for a good bit with them. 
Wow. That's a, that's a great answer. I loved that day. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I thought you were going to elaborate on that, no. but apparently not. I loved that day. I was like, oh, we're going to put it on a positive note. No. It's just open-ended sarcasm. <laughs> so this one, I promise, is a little bit more fun. And I don't, I, as far as I can tell, I don't think anyone's ever asked you guys this, but if you could reinvent ABR today into a completely different sound, what direction would you think each member would take it? My God. Wow, each member. Each member gets to pick. I honestly wouldn't take it any different. Yeah. I, 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 I'm I not guess, surprised by that. If, yeah, I, yeah. if I had to, I guess I would probably, it would probably be like a more chill, like uh, indie rock kind of band, maybe. Ooh, okay. Yeah, nowadays. I think maybe when we first started, we just said, like, sound even more just like Converge-ish. Converge one of my favorite metal bands. But like now, I'd want to be more chill. I think for the sake of everyone. <laughs> is that is that also because you guys have to then play it live? Correct. Yeah, that's that is honestly why. I I often yeah. watch other like some of my favorite bands, I'll go see them live and I'm just like, man, they just get to like vibe. Oh and gosh. I'm like, like focusing <laughs> yeah. so hard and I'm playing sloppy and you know, it's just it's but also I think that maybe if we didn't have that challenge, we would complain and be bored and be like, Man, I wish I could like play more. Like I don't wanna I just have to sit yeah. back and rake these cores. I just want to shred something. So, you know, the grass is always greener, probably. Give and take. Yeah. Good point. How about you, Matt? I would probably still be doing the same thing. Yeah. I, I like the challenge of having something that's very hard to do because <laughs> if I am not challenged by it, then I don't feel like it's a good use of my time in a lot of cases. And... um if I'm going to be doing it, I want to do it really well. And so the fact that drumming is the hardest thing I've ever done is a nice feature of this band, I think, because I'm constantly working to get better. I mean, you've and, definitely uh, been put on that. You, you, you've attained a certain title as the drummer of August Burns Red, and I'm not metal gonna core that. drum lord. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I've get, that's not Matt didn't tell me to call him that. <laughs> I came up with that name. For I can't him, say it. Matt is, Matt, is, Matt is the metalcore drum lord, dude. Metalcore drum lord. Yeah. Mr. Oh drum lord. That's, that's Mr. Drum lord. That's, that's, that's a great, um, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean oh you, you've, been told, you've been called many different things, but yeah, I mean, it's been pretty widely accepted that like you are one of the leading and most influential metal oh, drummers that's, in, that's, in the genre. It's nice to hear. I appreciate that. But the, the nice thing about being in this band is that you get to do a job that's really not all that hard and have so many, there's so many benefits to doing this job. And I'd say one of the benefits for me, honestly, is that I get to work hard at it. Like it's, it's a positive, not a negative. So I, I would stick with this genre, even though I don't really listen to metal all that much. Um, I would, I'd stick with it. I'd still that's, be here. That's so Classic incredibly drum like, impressive. Takes. He's like, I don't even really listen to metal all that much, but I'm the like one of the best, if not the best. So I gotta know. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, okay, like that's crazy. Who's the metalcore drum lord's biggest inspiration when it comes to drums? Ooh. Uh, probably the guy who came up with the name metalcore <laughs> drum lord, because uh, to name me something like that, he's got to know a thing or two about drumming. There has to be some credibility. Oh, okay, so who are Matt's favorite drummers? This guy's blast beats are oh. incredibly. Oh, fast. you're saying I am your biggest influence? Yeah, yeah you, am I you, drumming? You are the biggest influence <laughs> in my drumming. <laughs> I can't drum to save my life, dude. I don't even know if I can I hold can. a beat. <laughs> I yeah. definitely can't. I definitely. I try every time I go up there. I, I play Fall Boy. And then it stops right there. That's, that's all I got. That's yeah, I can't even get that far. Yeah, I can't. I, okay, on a serious note, uh, <laughs> it would probably be 
a guy that no one's really heard of, and his name's Joe Walmer. He lives actually pretty close oh, yeah. to here. And without him, I wouldn't be here playing this kind of music at the level that I am because he showed me very early on how to play like this. And even down to like, hey, you should have some bells or splashes or China cymbals, and here's how you can play blast beats. And it was just so incredibly instrumental in the beginning of my playing. So I actually have the, had the chance to meet up with him recently and tell him thank you. He's not playing anymore, but I try to mention his name in interviews. Um, That's incredible. Beyond that, Blake Richardson from Between the Buried and Me. Mm-hmm. Were you trying to say Between the Buried and Me mixed with Adam Gray? It might have been something along those lines. I don't know. I think that's what I mean, it was. Between Adam the Gray, Gray. That brings a whole gray. other yeah. topic of conversation. <laughs> he needs between to get the gray. between the gray. His own. I like nom- that. He needs to get his own in, into yeah, the Hall of Fame himself. Oh, yeah. I'm, right I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> just so you can do the interview with him. Oh, the interview would be a riot. Yeah, yeah he would. Uh, you, we'll get it. We'll get it figured out. We'll get Adam Gray and we'll get you and we'll yeah. bring you guys both on just yeah. to talk as the drummers. Yeah, I let mean, you guys. We'll just give you guys mics and film. Yeah. <laughs> We also have a studio if you guys ever want to swing by there. Yeah, I mean, I, we wouldn't hate it. Like I so, said, we got yeah. gentlemen's jack there for you, beers. I mean, whatever you want. Coffee. Adam would like that. Adam would definitely <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, one last big one that I had, but I think it's just going to be really fun and simple. What's the one song that you guys will never get tired of performing? Hmm. That's a great question. I still really like playing composure. I do. It's fun. Composure is like yeah. one of my, like, it probably might be my, my favorite song. Nice. I'm going to say I, I really like playing Carpe Diem and Meridian. And it's because they're like yeah. different. They're different. They're like slow jams for yeah, ADR. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think they're fun to play. I like playing Meridian and I like playing the seventh trumpet. Ooh, yeah. That's, that, yeah, that's, that's a good answer. Oh, good songs. Well, thank you guys so much, honestly, for taking the time out of your guys' busy schedule. I know you guys have a lot to get back to downstairs and everything, setting everything up, getting ready for the doors to open. With that being said, thank you so much for coming on to the, Hall of, uh, the Central Petroleum Music Podcast. Thanks so much hey, for having thank us. You. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Thank so you for having us. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. August Burns Red has been a huge inspiration to Alan and I over these years. To have the opportunity to sit down and chat with these guys is like a dream come true. Yeah, and a special thanks to Mickey's Black Box and August Burns Red's management team for even setting up this opportunity with the Central Pennsylvania Music Podcast. With that being said, keep your eyes peeled for the next Central Pennsylvania Music Podcast exclusive interview.